Are you with Julian on the brown note? And it's the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. And could America's forever war actually be over? I think it might be. And the hyperbolic statement that Biden could end up the best American president since FDR. Now, what is a forever war? I'm sure we're all familiar with the fact that America has been responsible for more conflicts, both in the background and directly in the foreground in the Middle East, in the background in Central and Latin America from the 60s and 70s, all massively through the 80s. Um, there have been two waves of forever war since World War II, and that was starting in sort of like Korea and ending up, you know, 15 years later or more in um, Vietnam and that coming to a close. But the, the, the next one was obviously post 9-11. Um, what is a forever war? If you have defence contractors whose business is to sell weaponry, heavily involved in both government decision-making and very highly connected with the American military. The answer to most questions regarding international affairs and foreign policy will be to use weapons because that's the product they're selling. It's like asking Big Pharma to sit on government panels um, and suggest ways to deal with you know, the obesity epidemic or mental health problems. The answer is probably going to be a product that they sell. Um, there may have, I think this all came about um, as a result of two world wars. Two world wars, it should be pointed out that America didn't want to be involved in. Now, America wasn't always so gung-ho about war at all. They were very, very nervy about getting into World War One and World War Two, And that's not because they weren't involved, because... In World War II, they were shipping several million tons of goods a week to the UK. Had they not, given, as we found with Brexit, that virtually all of the UK's trade, or the majority of it, comes from Europe, uh, England would have sued for peace with Germany. And Germany would have given it. Germany didn't want to fight England. Germany didn't want to fight France. They wanted to fight Russia, and they wanted to take over Poland, Belarus, and that eastern side of Europe. England would have folded. We wouldn't have had anything. We wouldn't have had food. We wouldn't have had armaments. But it did foment a very big, as we now call it, the military-industrial complex. Um, the first goal, after the Vietnam War, everything ended in calamity. So that first period of forever war where there were enormous amounts of US... These, these things are a, a direct transfer of US taxpayers' money to private companies in the US. The biggest, I believe, is Lockheed Martin. But all of the different defense contractors involved. We saw Halliburton in the um, second Gulf War uh, do rather well. Uh, Dick Cheney's old company did very, very well indeed. Um, but after that, America were gun shy about being directly involved troops on the ground in conflicts and stayed that way. And these things can end. And they stayed that way all the way through to the first Gulf War. Now, the first Gulf War is the most legitimate American war since World War II. You cannot really argue with America fighting World War II or Britain fighting World War II not being on the side of the righteous here. They were fighting evil for once. 
Since then, there's virtually been no conflict at all where the Allied forces haven't been nefarious or on the side of the bad people. Um, but America kept in the background post-1975 where they involved Laos and Cambodia in carpet bombing that even World War II didn't see. And then they stayed out of it. They didn't want any troops on the ground. But the first Gulf War where Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait was a pretty just war given. Kuwait had been economically hamstringing Iraq, who were heavily in debt after an American-backed war with Iran for 10 years nearly. And Kuwait was dropping the price of oil, costing, ten, I think, something like tens of billions of dollars a month for Iraq, who were doing particularly badly at the time. So he invaded. And the Americans invaded, but they did it right. They went in hard and fast. They got Saddam out, but they left him in power. Because, as George Bush Sr. knew <laughs> when we abandoned the Kurds, that a power vacuum without Saddam Hussein, who, other than being a, a merciless tyrant, actually ran a fully functioning, re relatively secular Iraq. They knew that it would turn into the basket case that George Bush Jr. turned it into by removing Saddam. So they did quite well that time. But it gave them a taste for war again. And there were a lot of people that made an awful lot of money out of that endeavour. So when 9-11 happened, suddenly war was an opportunity and they took it. Now, in between, the sanctions actually caused probably more deaths than the first Gulf War did. Uh, I think something like the United Nations reported us sanctioning Iraq by blocking um, even things like medicine going into the country from the first Gulf War up till 9-11 cost something like 500,000 children to die. Now... From 9-11, we start the modern variant of forever war, where every opportunity can be greeted with military force and America hasn't been shy of putting troops on the ground. So even though a small sect called Al-Qaeda were responsible for 9-11, America got four wars out of it. We got the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War, Syria, where there was the least amount of involvement other than America shipping an enormous amount of weapons to foreign fighters who were rebels fighting for democracy. Also, the Kurds who are fighting against um, Assad, um, but are, are probably going to maintain a peaceful relationship with Assad now. And, of course, Islamic State, who were uh, being massively funded and armed by Saudi Arabia. Everyone on the same side against the North, Russia, Iran and Assad, Syria. So we had that and we had Libya. So we had four countries. America maintained air superiority over Libya so the offshoots of Islamic State and Al-Qaeda could turn the country into a medieval shit show uh, where it remains today. So they got four wars out of this and the amount of money involved in all of this was absolutely insane. But now, 20 years after September the 11th, I think America's forever war is over. A number of things have changed. We've seen Biden has pulled out of Afghanistan and he is wearing it. He is wearing all the international condemnation and abuse from, hypocritically, people like John Howard, Tony Blair and the Republicans in America who all got us into this mess. And Biden is walking away, leaving uh, a potential 
well, I, I put my piece on about how I think the Taliban would different this time, but he is wearing it. It is, according to the newspapers, an incredibly dangerous, bad move. Yet it's one that is actually popular with the American public. There's no good way out of Afghanistan or Iraq. Now we see he's pulling out of Syria too. These are good things. Congratulations, Joe Biden, for pulling America out of the Middle East and wars that have massively destabilized the world and brought no good whatsoever. Nothing got better. Iraq didn't get better when Saddam was toppled. Afghanistan didn't get better either. Both countries had endless wars, death and destruction, and the rise of Islamist groups, who then exported on the back of uh, huge support I mean, look at the New Zealand terror attack a couple of days ago. People are speculating if he did it in um, retribution for the Christchurch uh, mosque attack. No, he didn't. He did it to join up with Islamic State who are now attacking the Taliban. I mentioned that I thought that the uh, Taliban would become the enemies of Islamists inside Afghanistan and they would be ones going after the Islamic State. Al-Qaeda don't want a bar of this behavior anymore. So I think America's forever war is uh, ending. For a start, they all ended in failure. There isn't a positive out of Libya, Syria, Iraq or Afghanistan. Not one positive. The Taliban are in control of Afghanistan. Iraq is more of a basket case than when we went in, when it wasn't a basket case at all. It was actually well run under the tyrant Saddam Hussein. It will take decades to rebuild Syria. Assad is still in control. Nothing happened that was good. So this is a post-Vietnam across four countries. It's very expensive. The global financial crisis and COVID have, and economic, neoliberal economic policies have massively damaged America's economy. They're trillions of dollars in debt. War is an expensive thing. The Pentagon has something like a trillion dollar budget. So... There is not so much money to go around. They don't want to be involved in these expensive foreign wars. Neither did Donald Trump. And all Donald Trump's supporters spent five years decrying our endless wars in the Middle East, even though it was Republicans that got us into them because they were Obama's wars by then. So there's been failures. They're very expensive. But now there is a new world order. The old World order from World War II up until the 90s was war-like between Russia, one superpower, and America, the other superpower. And these were military superpowers. Once, Russia, once the Soviet Union, I should say, collapsed, America needed to find... And, and the Cold War itself was a forever war from World War II. It justified enormous military expenditure on things like nuclear weaponry and also of the arms race itself, which existed in the background apart from, but sort of co-joined with endless war. They needed to keep up this arms race with Russia, which was very, very lucrative. Thank you very much. So once the Soviet Union collapsed and they lost that enemy, pretty much since then, America replaced that enemy with Islamists. Now that has gone pretty much because the focal point of those endeavours have been four wars that America is now distancing itself from. The new world order is now China versus America. This is not 
an arms race. There's no arms race between China and America. One of the main reasons and one of the main differences is that the Soviet Union and America were not economically co-joined. America and China are, as I put in numerous other pieces, in a, an economic dance of death. America's the biggest export market for Chinese goods and America provides an enormous amount of funding to China through buying those goods. They both need each other so badly. There's no nothing other than an economic war happening between these countries. They've got no interest in having a, a, a virtual war in the South Pacific or anything like that. The touchstones are places like Taiwan, which is the only places that things could blow up. But really, there is no possibility of China and America engaging in a massive conflict. When I was growing up, it was, it was in, around the Reagan era, we genuinely believed that America and Russia were going to have a nuclear war and wipe us all out. It was terrifying. There is no talk of Chinese military planes matching American military planes. It doesn't exist now. It's a different battle, an economic one. And, he, and, and it, all the stars have aligned. Everything ended it pretty much with a damp squib in the Middle East for America. It all came to a head, and then you had both Republicans and Democrats warning out. You had Trump saying that he was going to stop being the world policeman and pull out of the Middle East, even though he's backtracking on that now, now that Biden's doing it. That's the way his mind works. Um, and you've got Republicans that don't want to be involved. You've also got a much more progressive wing of the Republican Party, and a lot of these people opposed going into these wars in the first place. So there's no taste for them. There's no possibility of a different outcome now, and there's COVID. COVID has reshaped the world order and suddenly it's become this hugely expensive and very damaging and dominating thing. So there just isn't, there aren't these targets in the world that America wants to fight at the moment. All of their battles are economic and their two biggest enemies or rivals, I should say, on the world stage are Europe and China. Now, they are broadly on the same page as those two entities. It's not like the old Soviet Union where they want to go at it militarily, where they want to... America has surrounded Russia with bases and everything else, and they still point towards Russia for conflict. But there isn't any conflict left for them to have. They had, alongside Saudi and Israel, they took on everyone that Saudi and Israel wanted them to take on. And the important thing is, in Syria and one more, Venezuela, they never really got off the ground. Those last two, Venezuela and Syria, never amounted to anything. Libya was the last one that actually overthrew a dictator. The leadership in Venezuela and in Syria remains intact. So there isn't anyone left for them to fight. There's no desire to fight, there's no one left to fight, and their battles now are economic. So I think that America's forever war is over, and that's a brilliant thing. And if you look at the fact that Joe Biden seems to have the strength to do these things and wear them, even though the international community is hypocritically up in arms about them, the fact that he's got so many progressives in his party pushing for a fairer society in America means that he might actually be or end up the best US president since FDR 
and the New Deal in the 1930s. And that's hyperbolic and it sounds naive, but all the stars are aligning. There are no enemies on that level for America to fight militarily. There are a lot of progressive people in power. So I hope that that's true, but I do believe the best present that you can give to the memory of September the 11th, 2001, celebrating, if that's the right word, its 20th anniversary, is the end of America's forever war.